Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. The guilty pleasure that is Love Island Australia is back 31 October, first on Nine Now and then on Nine Go. Joining me now is ITV Studios Love Island Australia supervising executive producer, Alex Mavridikis. Alex, thanks for joining me today. How you going, Aaron? Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, look, we'll certainly get into Love Island in a moment, but let's talk about yourself first, because Love Island is certainly not your first rodeo. Um, you've been a producer or executive producer for shows like uh, Temptation Island, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, The X Factor, The Amazing Race, The Apprentice and Big Brother, as well as factuals like Medical Emergency and The Force. I think your first main gig was Temptation Island uh, working for Fox. Um, not that dissimilar of a show to Love Island in some ways. How did that experience of 20 years ago um, shape how you operate on, on Love Island? Oh, that, I mean, God, you're going back now. Um, that was my <laughs> first. Uh, that that was my first gig, not in England. So that was my first. So I got um, I got uh, headhunted over here. If you if you want for want of a better term, I was working for a live hospital show for the BBC in in London, and I remember the call, and it was from a guy called Chris Blackburn, who I ended up um, being the executive producer of um, Big Brother, is it uh, the old Big Brother with with him. And he was the series producer of Temptation Island. And he phoned me up. And I remember standing in the car park of Guy's Hospital in, in London. And we used to, our, our porter cabins were near where they used to incinerate all like bits of dead skin and stuff. So you had this oh. constant um, aroma of, of, of burning flesh in your nostrils. And the phone rang and it was pissing down with rain. And we had the smell. And he said, do you want to come to Fiji and be a field producer on Temptation Island? <laughs> of looked around and thought about it for all of one millisecond. I was like, ah, yes, fucking please, mate. And I was like, you know, there in two, in two seconds. Um, look, that was a strange show, Temptation Island. Andrew Backwell was the EP. He's, of course, now, you know, a big hitter in, in television. And I remember we were all running around like mentalists around Fiji. There was, a, there was food poisoning. There was a revolt from the girls who decided they weren't going to make any more television unless the producers played ball with them. It was a it was a real eye opener into the worlds of uh, reality TV. Um, look, I'm going to say it's a completely different show to Love Island. Um, <laughs> but look, do you know what? It it, it certainly opens your eyes to um, to you know the cast. They're so desperate to get on the show, and they'll do anything they can to get on the show. As soon as you start filming, they realise the uh, immense power they have, and they can exercise that power in any way, shape, or form. So that was the, that was a good. Um, uh, you know, it kind of got the training wheels spinning 20-odd years ago. Well, and another one you're an executive producer on was uh, was Big Brother for at least three seasons, I think. You were obviously um, on the show when it was done live. Um, have you watched the Channel 7 version of the show? Um, like, obviously, it's pre-recorded and has a different feel to it. What do you make of the show now? Uh, look, I'm not going to lie and say I, I like it because I don't. Um, uh, I'm not going to say it's, it's not it's not done badly. I have nothing but love for every all the people that make it, and I understand the um, realities of having to you know to change a format. You know, we're, we're certainly having to do that with, with Love Island now. I just you know, Big Brother um, was such an iconic um, show back in the day, and the way it was done on a 24 hour turnaround, where um, you know it was all about the content in the house and. Um, you know, it was exciting every single day because, you know, you, you, you'd be scraping to get something to air. Um, yeah, look, it, 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 to me, it's not the same show. You know, you, yeah. the, the Big Brother 
live was you know was it was a real event you know there was you know an, an elimination every week and I understand, actually I understand from what I hear on the grapevine I don't know this for sure but I understand they might be bringing back the the live um, eliminations which is exciting and I hope they are um, but you know the, the version that they've had last couple of years is completely um, a, a different show in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Actually, the seven upfronts are on in about 24 hours. We, we might end up finding out if it's, uh, Big Brother will be live uh, for the eliminations next year. That'd be great. Well, let, let's get to um, Love Island. Um, I know it might be difficult to speak um, sort of on behalf of Nine's programming team, but, but were you given any thoughts as to why Nine has decided to release episodes first on Nine Now? I think it's 6pm each night um, and then have a free-to-air broadcast on Nine Go at 830 well, yeah, look, again, I, I, you, you're, thanks for the disclaimer, because obviously I don't work in the nine programming department, but I have to say it doesn't matter where Love Island exists. Do you know what I mean? Love, Love Island is not a television show. Do you know what I mean? It never yeah. has been in the last um, three, four years that we've been making the show. Love Island is, is content, and it's content not just for Australia. It's, you know, it's content for the world, and it is consumed on phones and on iPads and on laptops and on television screens. Um, and on trains in the morning and five episodes at a time at the weekend. Uh, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's consumed in so many different ways that you've got to kind of make it in a different way to any other TV show. And what we decided, it was an interesting um, moment. It was our series one and we're all in Spain and it was being broadcast on Go. So this is going back to 2000 and I want to say 2018, I think it was our very first season in Spain. And we knew the show was brilliant, you know, because we were over there and we had this really hot cast. The content was red hot and we launched on Go. And, you know, as you've said, you know, I was used to making Big Brother and, you know, getting seven, eight, nine hundred thousand, you know, one point two million a night, you know. And suddenly our ratings came through um, and, you know, I think it was one hundred and ninety thousand or something on Go, mm. which, by the way, is a bloody good figure now. But we'll go back to 2018. And I remember we all looking at each other going oh my God, are we working on the biggest flop in history? And then seven days later, you realise what an absolute, mm. uh, you know, behemoth of a show it is. But you've got to be patient with Love Island, you know? Um, and what we decided there and then was it doesn't matter where it goes. You could literally put it on the bloody Christian channel, you know, on, you know, four o'clock in the morning. It's going to find an audience wherever you put it, whether it's on Go, whether it's on Nine Now, whether it's on the main channel, whether it's somewhere else. It always seems to do, you know, a very small number on linear television and then an enormous number on catch-up. And so I, I presume Nine's thinking is, well, hey, let's just it, make it a purely a Nine Now play. It means we can mm -hmm. kind of loosen up um, the content a little bit more as well because it's not, a, it's not a main show. It means we can be edgier across the board as well, which, which obviously helps the format. Um, but, yeah, look, we're, look we're, we're really excited to make it in this way. Um, it's not going to be a big number of people that watch it on television. We know that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Channel Nine, uh, the Nine Network will know that. Um, but it will be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that will be watching it uh, on catch-up after seven days. Then it'll be more and more and more and more people after 28 days. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, once it breaks Australia's borders and launches on, um, you know, and this is obviously not a thing for, for Nine, and God bless them for paying for the show, but from an ITV point of view, it's going to be on Hulu in the States. Um, it's going to be on ITVB in the UK. It's going, to, it's going to be on in Asia. It's going to be on in South Africa. It's going to be on in Europe. It's, it's, a, it's a global phenomenon. And I always say in my rah-rah speech to the crew before the show launches, and look, I'm pretty sure this is correct, um, but it's a good line anyway, 
unless you've worked on the World Cup or the Olympics or Eurovision or some kind of huge kind of global event, more people are going to watch this show that we're about to make than anything you've ever made in your life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, um, as you said, I've EP'd um, Big Brother. I'm the, uh, I'm the, the EP of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which is a huge show. Love Island is watched by probably 10 times more people, probably 20 times more people than, than watch those shows because it's on all over the world. Um, and it's huge. If you, um, you know, for people that work in the media industry and you're looking at the, the ratings and stuff, as you said, it, it is soft on, on linear, but it's just unbelievable when you look at the total TV figures. I mean, we're used to figures of about 20%, 30% uplift for, for shows like The Block or whatever, but then you see sort of 140% or something like that for Love Island. So they're certainly saying we're going to watch the show, but we'll watch it how and when we want to. And sometimes that's going to be on an iPad, you know, in, in, in bed before they go to sleep, or it's going to be the next day at work or something. It's, um, it's, uh, it's whatever you want to watch it. So it, it's... Um, very interesting ratings results. Yeah, and we've look. And let's say we've we've just got to get used to that. I remember, I remember series two. We were in Fiji, and I think the twenty-eight day results were sent to us from Channel Nine. And Love Island had, uh, I think it was twenty-three of the top, um, you know, twenty-three of the yeah. top twenty-five shows. It was the hand. I remember it was the Handmaid's Tale on SBS ruined it for us because I think they had like you know number eight, nine, and ten or something. You know, we wanted to, we wanted the complete clean sweep of the entire top 25 yeah not much you can do about handmaid's tale i saw the ratings oh, yeah. for that last week 414 percent uplift i think it was <laughs> well it's huge so let's talk about love island holistically um some say that most of the contestants are looking for instagram followers um more than love for me it doesn't really matter it's it, it's the fun and the behavior of the islanders that's the must must watch um is the audience supposed to be watching the show for the main purpose of people finding love i mean it is called love island or is it something else the audience is supposed to be watching the show to be entertained yeah love island is pure unadulterated uh unfiltered entertainment and we make absolutely no apology for that um and we don't hide it in any way shape or form we we make I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I know we're talking about Love Island, but the other show I make is I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. And I'm going to say this from a big picture point of view, because I make almost make both the shows in the same way. And it's kind of the way I like to make TV is with our tongues firmly in our cheeks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're not going and saying, this is the biggest social experiment in the history of the world, you know? Um, like those shows, Love Island especially, they're being made to entertain you. Do you know what I mean? Um, we want you to laugh. We want you to cry when it's sad. We want you to feel something. We want you to cheer the people you love. We want you to boo the people you hate. We want all of those things. We want, we want to entertain you. But um, yes, we, make, we, we will take the piss out of the Islanders. Uh, but more than that, we will take the piss out of ourselves. Um, it's all done from a place of love. Um, and I say that exact line to every single Islander before they go in, um, when they're in lockdown, before they, before, you know, I give them the big kind of the pep talk and they all love it. They, they know, they, they know if they've come out finding love, then everyone's a winner. Fantastic. And of course they all tell us in casting, yes, I'm here to find love. I'm here to find love. Um, nobody says I'm here for followers. You know, some of them are, doesn't matter as long as they're big, uh, as long as they're going to entertain us. And if they come out um, and they found love, then fantastic and good luck to everybody. And everyone's a winner. Um, if they come out and they haven't found love, but they've somehow got four hundred thousand followers and they're going to go and um, make money holding up smoothies, then also good on them. Um, what what I want to do 
is to deliver the audience a thoroughly entertaining hour of their lives um, and not and just I can't wait to click on the next episode. And that is, I think, what we've achieved for the last three seasons. And I'm bloody confident we're about to achieve again in this fourth season. There is an element, though, of like the love aspect of it. I think last season probably was the biggest one for me in terms of um, like a true love thing, like with Mitch and Tina. They actually did seem to be like a down-to-earth, nice, nice couple. But, I mean, if you look back at the seasons of, of Love Island, um, I don't think anyone's actually stayed together. Uh, even even Mitch and Tina have actually broken up now. So, I mean, there is a there is a love element of the show that people are rooting for as well, aren't they? Not just the pure I, entertainment. I, I would love, love, love to um, create a couple that, you know, go away and get married and have babies. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want that to happen. And everybody is always cheering on love because, you know, love, love wins after all. Love Island contestants, uh, look, Here's the truth of it all. Love Island contestants are younger than any other show. Full stop. Right? We're talking about uh, people that are, you know, between the ages of 19 and 26, generally, as a, as a general rule. So, of course, there's going to be less uh, long-term success stories than, you know, perhaps other, I'm going to use the word love and in inverted commas, franchises. Um, we had Josh and Amelia who were together until very recently. I was very upset to see them, them split up. They were one of our season one couples. Uh, spoiler alert, because um, obviously this season we've just made was pre-recorded. I'm sure we're going to talk about that um, in a minute because, you know, that was completely different to how we've normally made the show. Uh, I can tell you that there is a lot of love in the air this time. And uh, as far as I know, the couples that are there right at the end, and I mean right at the end, are uh, together today. And I have high hopes to be together for a long time. We want Love Island babies. Bring them on. <laughs> Look, I ask about the true love stuff because some of the games and challenges are designed to, I guess, split up couples and, and or partner swap. If a couple do have a real connection and they seem to have found some kind of love in the villa, why, why is it like necessary to try and uncouple them? Is it to test the strength of the relationship or just to create that more, more entertainment? Oh, look, no, no, we, we never try and split anyone up. Uh, th- I think that's that's incorrect. We, you know, absolutely test. Love Island is a test. Um, I don't think we've ever done anything really nastily manipulative to a try and split up true love. The nature of the show and the nature of w- what we are doing is we will bring in bombs who are incredibly hot human beings mm-hmm. whose jobs are to... Um, you know, test the water and go on dates with people who may already be in relationships and, you know, um, pick people at coupling was up. That is absolutely, you know, that's a format point and um, will always happen. If someone's in love with someone else, they'll find their way back to them eventually. Um, mm. You know, we, there's a whole load of things like in this, in this most recent series that you're about to see, we do something called Spy Date, which is um, where the girls get to watch a live feed of the boys dating two new girls, but the boys don't know they're watching, for example. Do you know what I mean? Now, to me, that is thoroughly entertaining. And if you are a good boy um, and genuinely in love, you're going to pass that test and everything's going to be fine, you know? Um, I, I, I hand on my heart say we've never sat in an office and plotted how to break up someone's relationship. What we absolutely have do have done is plotted how to make great TV. But people who love each other um, and are into each other will always find their way back to each back to each other. Yeah. Before before we get into like this 
specifically this season. Just one last question. My favourite season was season one, but I could say that for many reality shows, there is something special about watching a show when when people don't know the format. It's almost like it's an experiment. Um, after that, people that go on the shows have some kind of basis of of what the show is, you know, based on previous seasons. So how do you keep the show fresh? Well, it's casting, number one. I mean, you know, the, the great thing about reality shows of this nature is, you know, it's a, it's a fresh cast every time. And honestly, it really doesn't matter what challenges we do, what how we dress the villa, you know, how we spruik the opening titles, you know, how many commercial tracks we put in, it, none of that stuff matters it, um, if the cast is under par. If you have got sensational Islanders, then people will love the series. And I know that's a really boring television show uh, producer answer, but it really <laughs> is the truth. Um, it, you know, we, we have got a spectacular cast this time. And um, look, I, 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 like to th- I would like to think that you're going to enjoy it as much as Series 1. I love Series 1 too. It did feel new. It felt special. It's great that it was in Spain. Um, of course, we then attempted to make the show in Fiji. I'm not going to lie and say that, that was a roaring success because it, it just wasn't. And then, of course, the pandemic meant that we had to shoot in Australia for Season 3. Um, we're back in Spain this year. Um, season 1 was, you know, was special. But I, I think it was because a, a lot to do with Spain as well as the fact that it was a, a new show. Um, and I think being back in Spain this year is um, going to excite a lot of people. It's, made, it's certainly made a good series. I've seen the um, the couples for the new season and read their profiles. Um, who are the ones um, that you think are going to cause, like a, I guess, a bit of mischief or all that huge entertainment? Now, I'm only guessing, and this is just from profiles, that Jessica and Jordan might be the standouts. <laughs> who are your picks for the sort of the outspoken, like big entertainment ones? Well, look, you've 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 done well there. Just uh, looking at them, um, Jordan Jordan's mullet certainly gets involved in a bit, and Jessica is is one of those human beings who either loves you or absolutely you know or, or hates you. There's really no middle ground. Do you know what I mean? She's she's either kissing your face and telling you you're the nicest person in the world, or chasing you around the house with a rolling pin. You know, so you, yeah. you'll see a bit of that. Um, Oh God, there's so many big characters. And it's hard for me to say because it was a pre-recorded series, the more I say, the more you'd be like, oh, that means that they last a long time. So I'm just going to, uh, do you know what I mean? It's it's a really hard thing to do because I don't want to spoil the show. Um, I'm just going to say that there are a few people without, uh, nothing against Aussies because I love them, but we've got a Welshman called Callum, a Kiwi called Mitchell, a British girl called Holly, and then none of them have got Australian accents and all of them are, enormous characters um so keep it be beware the accents oh, they, beware well, the accents. keep an eye on them we have to get used to the accent anyway with the voiceover guy so i know i know he's good isn't he <laughs> absolutely um and then on the other hand you know who might be in there like really looking for true love i know that you know some of them are some of them aren't but from profile reading i was thinking um austin and stella um because they profiles were a little bit more toned down that may be correct or i'm not on the right path no you're definitely on the right path i, th- I think there's probably five or six of them um you know i'm going to throw phoebe in into that mix as well stella certainly um tack i think was uh, in there for the right reasons despite you know the kind of the bad boy profile that you may have uh, read at this point um but again i'm sorry to sound like a broken record but if i the more i say about a pre-recorded series specifically about the islanders it kind of gives away who's there who's there at the end but there's 
I'm going to say that there's a few of them that were genuinely in there for to find a, a partner, and some of them do. Spoiler alert! So um, <laughs> it's it, it's good. So what what can we expect um, on the show this year? Is there any format changes at all? Yeah. So we really mixed up episode one. Um, it, Love Island is obviously a fantastic show when it's up and running, and there's so much drama and it moves so fast. But you've got to get past. Um, that very first um, format point of the girls walk in the villa and they all squeal and they open a bottle of champagne and then Sophie walks in and then the one boy at a time comes in and um, picks picks a girl and then you end up with five couples and it takes, you know, three and a half segments of the launch episode and it's happened in the UK Love Island and German Love Island and American Love Island and Australian Love Island. Every single Love Island's the same. So we decided this year not to do it that way. Oh. Um, and... I'm bloody delighted that we that we didn't because it feels really fresh and really different and a bit less kind of meat markety. Um, and you'll see that when you watch episode one on um, on the 31st, hopefully on the 31st or whenever whenever it is people watch it because it doesn't matter when they do. Um, but we certainly needed to revamp um, episode one. Um, you may have heard rumours of a few um, uh, a few guests coming uh, to play with us, a few uh, people mm. with existing profile. Uh, I can confirm there is a bit of that going going on. Uh, I alluded to Spy Date before, which is a new thing that we did where they get to watch, you know, live feeds of them dating each other. So that was um, new and different. So we did, um, we we played with the with the format this year, and we and you know we've 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 stunted it up somewhat, but not out of desperation. Out of uh, kind of the more you play with the Islanders, the the better the content. Um, the bit of the content will be, and uh, it's worked. I'm delighted to say we're halfway through screening the series at the moment because it's being cut as we speak. We're still cutting it on a 24-hour turnaround. Yeah. So we're still cutting it one day to make one episode, so it still feels exactly the same as a normal series. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I'm, I think I just screened episode six this morning, and uh, it, I can't, can't wipe the smile off my face. Absolutely <laughs> loving it. Can't wait for tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock when I get to watch episode seven. Yeah. So, so how important is, is Sophie Monk to the show? Um, for me, she really brings the show back back down to earth because when the show sometimes gets so, I guess, outlandish, Sophie has a way of showing, I guess, like real empathy and connection with the Islanders. She, she's perfect for the role. Um, how do you rate Sophie or, or just having a host in general in terms of, of the importance of the show? I, I mean, essential. I mean, Sophie is so well-liked. Um, and she's got the perfect kind of nudge, nudge, wink, winkness, um, you know, that uh, the Aussies love. And I feel like she asks the questions that people are screaming at the TVs from their couches. Um, and she's empathetic when she needs to be. And she puts her arms around them when she needs to. And she looks at the camera and gives the kind of, what the fuck are they talking about? Look when she needs to. Do you know what I mean? She, she, is, she is the mouthpiece to the audience. Uh, um, and she just plays the role beautifully. I would, I almost wouldn't want to do, do the show without her. We have this amazing relationship, Sophie and I. Um, I'm obviously in her ear for you know when she's in the villa to kind of to help her through um, you know who she's talking to next, etc. And she, you know she's always um, you know whispering aside to me, um, in, you know in between kind of what's going on, Dan saying rude things to me, and we're kind of bantering <laughs> each other. No, we're two, two, I live on the Gold Coast with two kind of Gold Coast bogans that have been left to kind of run this uh, global uh, global franchise. But no, we get on great and I, I love Soph. And um, you're right, she she just brings it all together. I think the, the audience just 
love her and she's really um uh, um, my family in the UK I mean I've been in Australia for 21 years now and I am Australian but I still have family um, in the UK and when they've watched it they're like who's the host she's so you know well, we love her so much you know so the, the Brits are right into her as well <laughs> she, she's absolutely awesome um, I, I want to talk about the behaviour on the show now it's very hard to put this question it kind of feels like a double edged sword some of it is is can be quite appalling from some of the contestants. But on the other hand, it's that drama that, that makes the show what it is and makes it fun. So some would like, for example, um, you know, someone's having a genuine connection with someone and saying all these romantic things. And then the next moment they're in the bedroom tonguing someone else um, and then lying about it. I mean, some of it is like, would seem to be quite appalling. Um, I mean, these people are on national t television. Do they not care how they're perceived or, do you think they they know what they're doing and and it's creating drama for them to be popular, or do you think you know being in a house you've got all these beautiful people, things just happen and they're, and they're just overwhelmed by the whole situation? I don't know what question I've got in there, but but it's I, like I, I think it's a combination of, of, of everything you've just said. It's like you know it's a smorgasbord of hotness, you know, and yeah. putting in uh, people that the you know the height of their when their hormones are at the most high you know they are they never look better than their no one is ever going to look better in their entire life than when they do when they walk into love island villa you know they've been they were cast three months ago um they've been in the gym every single day they've been you know beautifying every single day they come in in absolute 100 um you know form looking amazing and they're in this hot country a million miles away from home um Knowing, I guess, you know, some of them knowing that they're on camera and they want to be on the show as much as possible. Some of them just being completely overtaken by the moment and the kind of the romance of the, you know, of the situation. And so I think everything you've just said, is, it plays a part of it. Um, I, mean, I mean, how many times on the show we've seen somebody, you know, kissing somebody on, you know, the love seat and then... <laughs> what it appears to be in the next day, you know, in the next episode, five minutes later, they're kissing somebody, you know, down on the fire pit, you know, of course in that, that could be three hours later or four hours later, but this time has accelerated so much in Love Island. Um, you know, for 24 hours a day, you're living in a villa with somebody else, but you know, no, obviously they have phones, but we don't, it's not like they have the internet on those phones and they're all surfing, you know, um, they're all looking at their Instagram all day, you know, um, there is very, very few distractions. Um, so I think we said, you know, the equivalent of being coupled up with someone for three days in the Love Island Villa would have to be the equivalent of, um, going out with somebody for three weeks in the real world. Mm. Because you know, every, every time you have a meal together, it's a date. Every yeah. time you go and sit together, you're having a, probably a more full on conversation than certainly you would in the real world because you're, you know, you're not sitting there with your phone and, uh, you know, the distractions or, you know, driving a car or doing whatever it is that you do in the real world. You're, you're yeah. just there looking into each other's eyes, having an actual conversation. Um, and so that's why I think people move on so quickly. And you'll see it again in this series that people have decided that they found someone special and then they'll wake up the next morning and go, I'm not feeling it anymore. I want to move on to somebody else. And, and you know, you watch it at home and you go, what the hell are you talking about? Like you've only known <laughs> for a day, but you've got to understand a day in the villa is you know it'd have to be the equivalent of a week in the real world probably more you know um i'm thinking back to when i was 23 and would go out with girls and you know we'd go to the cinema and you'd sit in a dark room for two and a half hours and watch a movie 
maybe have a kiss at the end of it. And then you might go the following week, you might go for a meal. And then, you know, the following week, you might go, I don't know, to a pub or something. Yeah. That's, you've seen them for three times in three weeks. In the Love Island Villa, that's breakfast, lunch and dinner. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Def- <laughs> definitely accelerated. I want to ask you about um, casting, um, the main ingredient of the show, of course. You obviously must get hundreds or thousands of hot-looking people wanting to be on Love Island. What separates someone from another person that actually then makes it into the show? <sighs> Look, it's that, it's that incredible X factor, and you're right, it is thousands. Um, and so there's no substitute for seeing people face to face. So I'm going to say that obviously they said they said the way the way it works on Love Island is everybody applies via the um, Love Island, um, you know, via the land the, the portal landing page, whatever it's called. Um, we get thousands of videos up, uh, thousands of applications. We then have a cast team that contact you know the ones that don't upload videos and say, hey, love love your pictures, love what you've written, send us a video. We then go through all of those videos and. Look, it's the talk test. Um, you could be uh, the hottest human in the world. Okay, let's take let's let's use a what well, we've had. We've had this person, obviously, without naming names. We had a guy apply this year, and he was 26 years old, and he looked like he had been chiselled by the gods. You know, he was flawless, absolutely flawless. Looked incredible. We saw these pictures. We we're like, oh my god, this is the man. Asked him for a video. Poor bloke couldn't string two words together. Uh, like, and I mean, could not string two words together. We didn't even bother seeing him on the casting tour. So the way the process worked is we'll pick 200 people-ish um, to go around the country and see Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth. And if they're from regional centres, we'll fly them in. And from those 200, you know, we'll pick 50. And then, you know, we'll all sit around and we'll argue about which ones should, should be the Islanders. It's, it's not dissimilar to any television show cast um but yeah it's it, it's of course a lot of it is to do with looks um you've got to be really hot to be on love island um but we want them all to look very different you can't just go oh my god here's 20 amazing uh, uh hot blondes you know um yeah put them all in you know it needs to be a diverse cast we, we, we have a very very diverse cast this time probably the most diverse we've ever had um so you've got to factor that you've got to factor in diversity. You've got to factor in personality type. But w- one thing they all must pass is the talk test. You imagine them in the beach hut, looking down the barrel of the camera, saying, oh, "I can't believe I just kissed the blah 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 blah," and you're ranting and raving about someone stealing a man or yeah, you know yeah. about a challenge they just did. And if you can't see them being hilarious or informative or, or you know whatever in the beach hut then there's no point going any further because they've got to pass the talk test. So, uh, yes, it matters. Obviously, you've got to be hot. You've got to be able to talk and you've got to have something more than people who are just hot and can talk, you know, which I can't, you've almost not not put into words. All right. Second last question before you go. Um, I know that sometimes perception and actual reality are two different things. So I want to ask you about your job. Now, the perception is that you probably have the best job in the world you're touring the country, speaking to 200 or whatever hot people for casting. You're going to Spain. You're hanging out with Sophie Monk. You've got a beautiful villa of beautiful people. I mean, you obviously must work very hard. It's, it's a production, that thing. But do you have the best job in the world? Um, look, I would say it would have to be right up there. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, 
I have some really, really uh, some days where I was like, God, I just play, I would love to do something else. But you're right on big picture wise, I do get to go around the world and I do get to hang out with Sophie Monk and I do get to interview hot people. And you know, as I said, the other show I do is almost literally get me out of here. So for the other half of the year, I'm in South Africa and I'm, I'm working out which celebrities to take to the jungle and I'm hanging out with Chris Brown and Julia Morris. So, you know, it's 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 two halves of the year. But, you know, I've got kids, I've got um, a, a partner, I've got a house, uh, I've got a life. Uh, it is uh, bloody difficult to um, run your personal life and your professional life when you're on two such biz- busy shows. So I'd love to be, you know, at home more than I am. Um, but it is very, very difficult. But having said all that, uh, I do I do love my shows. I mean, I, I, I honestly believe I work on the best two shows in Australia and that is an incredibly biased way of looking at it. But I love Love Island and I love I'm a Celebrity. I love how honest they are. I love that they're fast turnaround shows and there's no bullshit and you don't, uh, we don't, we don't have the time or the inclination to create characters in the edit. Um, we don't put words in people's mouths like, you know, um, a lot of the other shows do. And I said it with the greatest of respect because we simply don't have time to. Yeah. As I feel like they are the most honest reality shows. Um, and they both take the piss and they're both funny. And um, I really feel incredibly confident about this this series of Love Island. It's the, it's the funniest and most dramatic yet. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what the audience think. Absolutely. If you need a personal assistant, you just give me a call. <laughs> what a great job you do. But um, last question is, um, I want to ask about the guilty pleasure nature of the show. When I was with um, another podcast, they used to make fun of me all the time because I watched the show. Um, Many that watch the show don't admit to watching the show. Why do so many people like watch the show, but only half of them admit to watching it? Great question. Oh, well, look, great question. I don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it at all. And I've always, I've always hated, even I'm going right back to my big brother days when I was EP of big brother and, um, you know, big brother, you know how huge it was back in the day. And, you know, I used to go to, I don't know, say dinner parties, not dinner parties, but you know, you meet you meet people around there. So what do you do? I say I make Big Brother. I'm like, oh my God, that shit. You know, it's like, well, you know, don't you watch it? And I'm like, oh, you know, I've seen it a few times. And blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't get it. And people do that about Love Island. So not so much now about Love Island, but honestly, people that just look down their noses at reality TV. What are we what are we trying to do? What what harm are we causing? It's like we're building nuclear bombs or something. Do you know what I mean? All we're trying to do is to entertain people um, and, and we're doing it in a fun and completely open and honest way. Um, so I don't, I don't quite understand uh, that point of view. However, there's something in that with the guilty pleasure. So I just think that a lot of human beings want other people to think that they sit around watching Attenborough documentaries all day long, you know? Mm. Um, and I don't get it. You know, because people, when people say, what did you watch last night? I go, well, I watched, you know, Fuckboy Island or, you know, Love Island or, you know, <laughs> you know X on the Beach. And I'm, I'm completely fine with saying that, that, I, that I watch that stuff. But for whatever reason, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the producers of Maths will tell you the same thing. I mean, Christ, look yeah. at their ratings, you know. Uh, you know, bloody everybody watches it. And, and but if you talk to the man on the street, nobody watches it. <laughs> exactly. Every, everyone's a liar. Um I would say that most Australians have seen Love Island at some point in their life, you know. Um, I'm not sure how many, if you if you got a clipboard and stood in the middle of, um, you know, the busiest mall in Australia and stopped it, people individually said, excuse me, sir, have you ever seen Love Island? I reckon 97% of people will tell you no. Mm. Um, 
And I'm going to say that 98% of those people are liars. <laughs> I don't, I, I, the answer is, I don't understand why people lie about it. Um, but certainly it is a guilty pleasure. But as long as people are getting pleasure from it, I couldn't give a shit whether they're lying about it or not, to be honest. I definitely don't mind admitting I watch it. So it's a great show. Looking forward to it. Um, episodes will drop first on nine now, and then the episode could be watched on broadcast 8.30 on Monday, to, uh, Monday the 31st of October, and then we'll stream Monday to Thursday on 9 Go. Alex, thanks for joining me at TV Central. Thanks, Aaron. Cheers. That was Alex Mafrodikas, our Supervising Executive Producer for Love Island Australia. That's it for this one-on-one podcast. For news, reviews, podcasts and ratings, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Bye for now.